Good workout today, training up those hammies. That was good. Hopefully I don't cramp up like I did last week, though. That was fantastic. Those of you peeps that are uh, tuning in over here, um, we're going to talk some IPF stuff. We got uh, an announcement to make. Um, But before we get to that, we got to talk about some sales and stuff that we're doing over here at Slingshot. We're doing some cool, fun stuff. Um, Obviously, you know, you guys know, you know, we got some big sales going on for Black Friday. Like, who doesn't have stuff going on for Black Friday, right? But uh, we have a a Halloween sale, right, Andrew? Mm -hmm. A Halloweener. Oh, (laughs) wow. Yeah, Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, and I don't think we're supposed to say anything until later today, so... Wait, today's not Halloween? Well, on iTunes, today's Halloween. On uh, the live stream, it's not Halloween yet. Isn't it, uh, like, isn't tonight something too, like Mischief Night or something? Is it? I (laughs) I don't don't know. know. I, don't know, I wasn't a cool kid, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I never really got much into Halloween because it just seemed like you couldn't really cause that much trouble. Mm. Like, you can only kind of do stuff, but it's kind of dumb. Like, spray silly string on someone's car. It's kind of <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we were. But it's like thrilling, did, though, when we you're did some 14. Stupid, yeah, we did some stupid things when we were kids. But as far as the uh, Halloween sale, yeah, this is the first anybody's hearing it right now. No. Oh. So that's really cool if people that are tuning in. Fifteen percent off of everything. Everything is that what it is? Yeah. Oh my and so God. for anybody that's catching the live stream, they just heard it for the first time. So uh, Andrew, did you see the video that we did with the? Because uh, you're not you're the podcast intern. You don't know how much stuff you see and don't see. Mm-hmm. Did you see the commercial that we did where we spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars on getting all of our stuff IPF approved? Yeah, yeah. Well, the cool thing is, I actually was a part of it, so oh. <laughs> I was there. You get included sometimes, <laughs> still and stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was really cool because um, we had Griffey, Chris Griffin, kind of directing the whole thing. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, uh, Ryan Soper was kind of camera one. He did, yeah. And the, and then we had Terrell, which is camera two, and Grip, which was, uh, it's just awesome to have them three working together, but also that meant I can work audio completely by yeah. myself. So cool. capturing all the audio that was necessary, as far as like the, um, the dialogue, um, it was really cool because we were all hitting on all cylinders. That like was it great. was, it, yeah, it was probably one of the coolest projects I've been a part of since uh, being here on the team. It was fun to shoot too. It reminded me of like I, I've done some stuff before uh, for TV and for movies and some different things. Really, really small stuff. Uh, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. major. Um, but any of the things that I have done, um, the the things that I've done, they've been short and concise. And they're like, hey, go in and do this, and then they cut, and then I'm out of there. And then I go and watch the show, and like something really cool became of it. And that that's how this commercial felt to me. I, I did a show a long time ago a TV show called G versus E, which is good versus evil. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, they they had a wrestling theme going on for that one. And uh, Mick Foley was one of the main guys, nice. uh, one of the main wrestlers. And uh, this wrestler is battling uh, good versus evil was the concept of the show. And he was deciding on whether he should stay good or whether he should be evil. And, uh, you know, the dark side had, had its appeal just like it always does whenever you see, uh, Star Wars and these different things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the idea here was, uh, this guy was going to like sell his soul to the devil and become like undefeated champion of the world and, and take over. And, um, it was really enticing to him because he's lost one time. Uh, 
Now, I didn't know any of this when we did the shoot, but I, I walk in. I'm late for the shoot. They're like, you're late. They're like, you're lucky we still have a role for you. They're yelling at me. They're like, here, put this on. And I was like, well, I was just going to go shirtless. And I took my shirt off, and I was pretty lean at the time. And they're like, even better. They're like, get out there. And so <laughs> I get out there. They shoot this shot of me that's like 15 seconds long. I get paid for a full day's worth of work, even though I was only there for uh, an hour or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, four weeks go by and I, then I watch the show and they explain the story of this wrestler and everything. And they're like, well, they're like, you, you've gotten beat before. Like, we didn't know you got beat. Who beat you? And then it pans to me. Oh, nice. (laughs) And it was just, uh, it was really cool. But that commercial kind of reminded me of that because you guys had everything set up, uh, the whole time for it to end up, uh, turning out great. Like I came in, I delivered a couple lines. I think the most amount of times I had to deliver a line was like three or four times, you know, something like that. And, uh, then it broke, then it broke it up and we, we did end up chopping out a couple things, but for the most part, we were able to keep everything and everything looked great. Yeah. And that's a, a huge credit to Chris Griffin for all the pre-production, you know, that kid's so damn smart. It just, it, ca- it came out exactly as he wrote, wrote it all down. Why has he got to be so smart? I don't know. He went to school and stuff. Mm. Anyway, so you did see the commercial. I'd imagine all these people saw the commercial where we announced that we made all of our products uh, IPF approved, right? Yep. And so we were super happy. And so we made an announcement. We had a sale. Uh, we had a party. We threw a party. All kinds of things happened because we are so we are so excited and so pumped about being part of the IPF. The IPF has over 1.2 million lifters, which I had no idea of that till more recently. Um, but worldwide they have over a million lifters. That is, uh, unbelievable. It really is really cool. And, um, I would like to think that I'm a big part of that. That might sound conceited or whatever, but it, it just, uh, it's my belief that what we've done here at super training has helped elevate powerlifting has helped elevate and drive people to sport. And the things that I did with Stan efforting, even though he's not quote unquote IPF, um, I think a lot of those things drove people to raw powerlifting and raw powerlifting exploded. The IPF, the USAPL, none of these federations had raw powerlifting. It wasn't until Stan and I started to do stuff, started to collab on some stuff that all these federations started to open up this raw category. Didn't exist before. I know it sounds weird, but that's the way it was back then. Anyway, so we spent an enormous amount of money investing into the IPF, putting some money back into powerlifting. Obviously, we want to return right? Like, obviously, like we're not retarded. We want to make, I'm allowed to use that work. Cause I'm old. <laughs> Just trust me. I'm not trying to insult anybody. Uh, we're not stupid. Right. And we want to make, we want to make money. Right. And we, we sometimes have to invest money in places that we think are going to benefit us, benefit us the best. We thought investing in the IPF would be a great idea. And so we went ahead and we did it. When I think about investing in other forms of powerlifting, when I think about investing into a powerlifting meet, I always think, man, that is just so short-sighted. It's, it doesn't really solve the problem of, of, uh, of making the sport larger, making the sport bigger. Um, now, if I invested tons and tons of money, if I invested, let's say I invested five, a $5 million budget for two contests uh, per year. Well, maybe that would elevate the sport. But I'm not going to invest that kind of money into something that I don't know is going to work all that well. Uh, and that would just take a tremendous amount of time, energy, resources, and it would just be uh, overwhelming to try to figure some of that out. And so when I think about these 
these paid contests where they're paying, they're paying athletes, paying lifters for world records. Um, they're paying lifters sometimes to fly to the contest and these different things. Those contests are great. I really like the idea. I like the concept. I love that people get paid, but in the long run, Steffi Cohen making five grand to hit up, hit a new PR deadlift or hit a new all-time world record deadlift does not really help the sport of powerlifting necessarily. Um, you could make the argument that Steffi Cohen is uh, driving a lot of young ladies into powerlifting because she's beautiful and she's strong and a lot of people look up to her. That makes a lot of sense. But Steffi Cohen having five grand barely helps her, much less helps anybody else. And so when I think about where we're going to put our money, where we're going to put our, um, where we're going to invest, I kind of think it's more important rather than just to put money into things, it's more important to spend uh, some time with uh with these federations and with these contests and with the people of powerlifting. Um, and it's better off that we continue to say to, uh, to stay the path of super training gym and continue to show people powerlifting in our gym and continue to show our team and what we do, um, and continue to have our guys and girls compete and have them compete at a high level. So that's, that's kind of where we, we, we put our time and energy into. And now there's some things that are sometimes out of your control. And not a lot of people recognize me as a business person, but if you look at the different things that I've done, I probably kick more ass in business than anywhere else because who else do you know who has made money in this space that has done really well? There's not a lot of people, you know, you can count, you can count them on one hand. And uh, if you're missing a couple fingers, you could still count them on one hand. There's not a lot. There's only a few people. And I, and I've figured out, I've navigated this space. I've navigated this area very well. And it's because I am a powerlifter and I make products for powerlifters. Being a powerlifter and being a competitive powerlifter for many years and pushing the envelope and pushing my body to the absolute max and also trying to ride that fine line between, uh, you know, getting a lift passed and uh, riding out the rules a little bit. I was going to do any and everything that I could to try to lift the most amount of weight. And I think a lot of other lifters would say that's true of themselves as well. Um, in the IPF, they have, they have a lot of rules. They, they put together a lot of rules and they put together uh, what they feel is um, the most competitive powerlifting federation that there is. And, you know, because of that, because of my style and because of their style, maybe we don't always, not always going to uh, necessarily go together a hundred percent, fit together a hundred percent. And so, when it came to this situation that I'm about to talk about right now for the first time, um, you have to understand that I, I'm a person when, when I was allowed to wear multi-ply powerlifting gear, uh, that's what I wore. I wore, uh, powerlifting briefs that were three layers and a squat suit that was two layers. So I had five layers of stuff on because they didn't check how many plies you had. They usually called the contest double ply or multi-ply, but it really just, you put on whatever you had to put on and you lifted whatever you had to lift. So I always like to push the rules a little bit. Um, that's the way I feel the most comfortable. I, I like to be extreme, so to speak. So in coming up with knee sleeves, I made, we first made the strong sleeves and the strong sleeves were the strongest, stiffest sleeves on the market. And then, you know, we worked on some technology and we worked on some resources and I worked on just using my noggin. And using some of my creativity, I'm like, oh, you know, when we were lifting, um, when we were lift, when we were powerlifting years ago, a lot of guys would wear um, polyester bench shirts, and they would wear um, denim fabric uh, bench shirts and and squat suits and canvas this and this and that. 
and you would wear some really wild stuff to get the best possible result that you could. And so I created the X sleeve. X marks the spot. X is for extreme. And so this, this represented a, a whole new level of stiffness and a whole new level of a product that can uh, d- deliver a very powerful punch, a very, very powerful kick out of the bottom of your squat. Now, the principle behind what we were doing here is we, we put this uh, sticky stuff on the inside here. And um, the sticky stuff is what is, has caused some issues. So there's a product in here, product inside the knee sleeve, some non-slip technology, ladies and gentlemen that allowed the knee sleeve to stay in place and it allowed it to uh, not move or slide or glide around while you're doing your squat, which with how stiff the outside material is, uh, that would help rebound you and propel you up out of the bottom if the sleeve wasn't going to give or move anywhere. And so the IPF has overruled and overturned their initial approval of the X sleeve. This is the X sleeve with the, with the grippy stuff on the inside. Now what we're doing to make things right and to make matters right, um, we did obviously do not feel very good about the situation. However, I feel amazing about the situation at the same time because when you're a killer and when you take people out, other people are going to try to take you out. And that's where we're at here at Slingshot. We're assassins. We're knocking people off left and right. And now people have their, their hand on the trigger and, and we're, uh, we're in the line of fire, right? Um, we have a giant bullseye on our back. People are, people are trying to keep up with what we're doing and, uh, they'll do anything and everything to throw us under the bus. So in my opinion, what has happened is our, I guess I'll call them competitors, but I don't feel like we have any competition. No one can actually hang with what we're doing over here. Um, our competition, uh, they have, uh, outed us and they've said, (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, the IPF heard their complaints. And so the IPF, um, instead of, uh, handling it the right way saying, Hey, you know what? Tough shit. We, uh, already approved these products from Mark Bell and from Slingshot and, uh, they're already on the list and that's that. Instead of doing that, they, uh, made us, um, retract uh, the X sleeve, um, from, from the, uh, from the product lineup. And so what we did, we just did something really simple because we didn't want to screw over the fans. We didn't want to screw over the people that ordered the X sleeves. So everybody hang on to your panties here. Cause here's where it gets to be really good. So at, this has happened to me before and, and it, I'm sure it will happen again. Somebody comes in with a complaint and their complaint actually just makes us better. So uh, congratulations to our competitors for making our product better. So due to the fact that it has this grippy material on the inside, we actually now are allowed to make the knee sleeve thicker, not thicker than the rules allow, but thicker than it currently is. Uh, this knee sleeve due to the fact that it has this uh, sticky material in here is at about five millimeters. So we get to add an extra two millimeters of thickness. That's going to make this sleeve tremendously powerful when you go to squat in it. And, it, and you could argue that it now becomes even more powerful than it was originally. Having more material will actually prevent the product from slipping anyway because the product will now fit even tighter than it did before. And a lot of you guys know how tough it is to get on a pair of a pair of X sleeves. This is the price of doing business. This is the price of being popular. This is the price of being strong. This is the price you pay when you get out in front of uh, other people. 
And you want to know what? This is the main reason why most people never try. Because it's hard and because people are always trying to knock you down. You climb a ladder, boom, someone knocks it out from underneath you. And you're like, oh man, that really hurt when I fell from that ladder. Man, they really knocked me down. And then you try to get up another one. And after a while, you're like, you know what? This is not worth it. This is why people don't take risks in their life because people are assholes. People are always trying to knock you down. They're trying to take away your hopes and dreams. They're trying to stop you and prevent you from doing the things that you want to do. But we're not going to take that. We're not going to take that lightly here at Slingshot. We're coming at people full force. Any person that has purchased an X sleeve, any purchase, any person that's purchased an X sleeve, um, whether they knew about the sleeve being IPF approved or not, we are going to send you, you'll have to order it. You'll, have, you'll get an email, but you'll have to order it. We're going to send you the new version of the X sleeve that is approved by the IPF that doesn't have the gripper inside of it. We're going to send you the new pair for free, no charge at all. And again, that's whether you knew about them being IPF approved or not, because that's the way we handle things here. I like to flatten things out. Somebody has something shitty to say. I like to say, you know what? You actually make a good point. You actually make a good point. I totally agree with you, but here's my beliefs. And I like to come from the other side and, and have people understand, you know what? Um, I might not always agree with what that guy does, but at least he heard what I had to say. At least he's paying attention to me. And at least he understands my perspective. Um, I understand the perspective of some of the other companies out there who got frustrated when we put our money into the IPF, saying the IPF's crooked and the IPF's this and that. I don't think that the IPF is crooked. I think that the IPF has a tremendously uh, hard job to do. They have a brutal job to do and they do the, and think about it, where else are you going to compete? There, there's not a lot of great options. You know, a lot of the federations, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great powerlifting meets that happen every year. Um, but you hear complaints about all of them all the time, the spotting, the loading, the, the misloaded weights, um, people not spotting, uh, properly. Um, uh, you hear about all kinds of stupid stuff, bad calls on the squat. It doesn't matter what federation you're in. You kind of always hear these things. And it makes you wonder, you're like, why do I even have a membership card? Why do I got to pay for a membership card every year if these federations aren't actually doing anything for me? But I would argue and say the USAPL and the IPF are doing something tremendous, tremendous for you. They're doing something huge for you. Because it's the only federation that sets up a regional, a state, national, and worldwide form of competition where you can see, you can actually physically t see and tell if you're the strongest power in the world. I mean, that, that's the only one that sets it up that way. Now, otherwise, it's kind of an objective view on whether you're the strongest in the world. I think a lot of people would say Larry Wheels is the strongest in the world right now. But um, if, he, if he's not competing against somebody else that's the best in his weight class and he doesn't beat them, then how can you consider him the best? And so the IPF and the USAPL, they do a great job of, of, of uh, being able to put all those things together so that people can have uh, contests where the competition level is really, really, really high. Um, what's your thoughts on people kind of pointing the finger and kind of laughing and whatnot and being like, ha, you're going to have to take a hit after, you know, the IPF taking, overturning their initial approval? Yeah, I'm not too, not too worried about any of that. Um, you know, there's just a price you pay, um, 
there's just a price. It's it's a price of of being in business. You know, it's um. Every company goes through these different things where they make a product, they think the product's great, they put it out in the market, and then there's like a recall on it. And it's like, oh shit, well there's, and, and they don't have the same problem that we have. Um, we have much, we have much less of our product out there than say like Ford or Chevrolet or uh, Tesla or whatever. Like they might have thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of products out there in the marketplace and they go, oh. <laughs> oh shit, like they're dangerous. What about the hoverboard, right? Right. Um, Exploding everywhere. Yeah. And I've had cars, I'm sure a lot of the people listening have had cars where there's been a recall in the seat belt. Mm-hmm. It's like, that sounds actually pretty dangerous to recall in the seat belt or the airbag. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a price associated with doing business. And um, when you're trying to be a leader and you're, you're, um, you get out in front of people, um, it, it's, it's going to even be harder because there's going to be, other people are going to try to police your business. And that I, I believe 100% that is what's, what has happened here. Um, we've talked to some of the heads of the IPF and they said, yeah, we getting, we're getting phone calls. We're getting emails. We're getting all kinds of stuff uh, about, you know, I'm sure they're not getting phone calls about the other competitors. It's probably mainly just about us. And what we're doing is because people want to try to, because nobody knows who some of the other companies are. So they want to try to police us. They want to try to keep us down. They want to try to have an advantage uh, over us. And, um, you know, now that we're thrown into the mix, I'm sure we'll be doing the same thing, right? We're going to see somebody doing something and we'll be like, hey, well, what's the, what's the deal with that product? What's the deal with this? Or what's the deal with that? And so once again, I just want to be very, really clear. We, the IPF, we, we got every product that we have approved. Obviously, we, we didn't get like a slingshot approved and things like that. All the gear that you can standard, all the use that all the gear that you can normally wear for powerlifting meets uh, got approved, including our X sleeves that have this grippy grippy thing in here. Right, um, the IPF has revoked; they have overturned their own ruling, and they have uh, taken uh, this version of the X sleeve with the gripper uh, off of their approval list. Um, that is why on our website, it said sold out for a few days because we had to retract. We had to pull this thing down. We didn't want people buying it with the impression that it was IPF approved. What we're doing to make things right is we're going out of our way to say any customer that has ever purchased an X sleeve gets a free pair of X, uh, X sleeves, uh, the new ones from us that are going to be on the IPF approval list. Just again, to be totally clear these this product right here was on the list it was actually officially on the list we got all the information we are extremely excited and passionate and fired up about being part of the ipf but i can assure you we did not jump the gun we took our time we are a veteran company we've been around long enough to understand that you don't just go and fire shit off into the uh, atmosphere and and not understand that there's going to be repercussions and there's going to be um a, a response and so we waited we waited and we waited and we waited and we waited we held back we held back we held back and we were ready then we knocked everybody in the teeth with the commercial that we put together everyone saw it and then i think you know people have gone to ipf and said i can't believe i can't believe you're letting these knee sleeves in and then uh you know the ipf felt the pressure even though these aren't these don't have anything that I think are, that, that uh, are against uh, their current list of uh, rules, but they feel that they are. And so 
we had to uh, take the non-grip out and create a product that is still within the, all the parameters of, of what they have um, to be IPF approved. And so we made another X sleeve. Uh, this X sleeve now is going to be called the Grippy X sleeve. The new one that comes in is, uh, I think it's the Extreme X sleeve is what it's called officially. So there's the story. You got it all right here firsthand. You go to our website, and tomorrow you're going to see uh, both of these products on there. There's going to be 15% off. Now, this product is, is approved. It's still I still believe you can wear this in, in every other federation, but you just can't wear it in the uh, USAPL and IPF. So USPF, um, USPA, uh, LMNOP, <laughs> SPF, you could still wear it. And uh, those of you that are cross-fitting in it and stuff, obviously there's no problem there. And if you're doing Olympic lifting, there's just no rules and regulations on that. And if you're doing strongman, they don't have a whole lot of rules either. They just want to see you uh, lift up the heaviest thing. So you kind of, you went into the, the, the waiting part of the process, but like, what is the process? Like you, we sent the, the X leave in its final form to somebody to be approved and right. it was approved. Right. So how does it, like, where does it go? How does that, how does, uh, it get yeah. checked off and then get okayed. Yeah. So some of my understanding is, um, you know, I think sometimes some of these things are like, they get a check, they cash it <laughs> <laughs> and who the hell knows what they do with it. Right. <clears throat> um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how professional of a company this is. Um, so far the professionalism doesn't seem amazing, you know? Um, I, I, what I think happened is I think that there was two different people going on here. There was one guy who is, um, kind of the head of everything. Um, and there's another guy who is in charge of checking the gear. And I don't think that they communicated all that well on this situation. I do not know. I do not understand how they had a list that they put out and then they claim that they never even saw this sleeve. So that's some severe negligence on their part, uh, in my opinion. That doesn't make, I mean, I don't know how that even registered. doesn't even make sense. To say that you never got it totally makes sense. To have it on an approved list and say that you never seen it is odd. <laughs> hmm. uh, that just means, like I said, I mean, that kind of gives me the message of, oh, well, maybe you care more about the money than what you're actually passing on, on this uh, approval list. <laughs> which that's not a great message. That doesn't feel good to, to think that they're, uh, that way. I'd rather have them be, uh, I'd rather have them say, Hey, you know what? Absolutely not. You know, we, um, we, we got the sleeve and this one's not approved. Or we say, uh, as we did, we checked multiple times with them specifically about the X sleeve because of how extreme it was. We checked in with them specifically about the X sleeve and they were like, Oh yeah, that's on there too. And it just, so, yeah, again, um, you know, mistakes were, were made on their part. Um, on our side, I don't see any mistakes that we made. I guess it's possible that we did something wrong, but I, I really went over it a lot with Andy, uh, and Andy went over it a lot with our team, and we communicated a lot. We see each other every day. Um, so, and it's not that this company hasn't made mistakes. We've made plenty of mistakes before, but in this case... Um, we, we were not at fault at all. We, so the product, you know, went out in its final form and it did get approved. It ended up on the list 
whatever way it ended up on the list, it ended up on the list. Uh, whether it was premature on their part, I'm not sure. Um, but then, you know, once, once we kind of made the announcement and once we started talking about the products more, I think our products started to be out there a little bit more in circulation. And I think that a competitor actually physically took our knee sleeves. I would even guess that our competitor probably ordered them when we had free worldwide shipping (laughs) and they probably, (laughs) they probably ordered them and they probably took them to IPF officials and said, Hey man, what the F is this? How is this approved? What in the IPF? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What in the IPF is going on around here? I couldn't help And, uh. There's Andy Bell chiming in. New X-Sleeves will be available for pre-order tomorrow. That is right, Andy Bell. New X-Sleeves will be available tomorrow for pre-order. These sleeves will still be on the site. Just keep in mind that they're no longer IPF approved. They got disapproved. These guys are left on the uh, cutting room floor, so to speak, which is very sad. If you're wondering why I'm over here doing this, (laughs) it's because I got my live feed on Instagram here, which I'm actually going to shut down. In a minute, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody over there, but we're still rolling over here. And before we went all nuts with this commercial and stuff, what uh, formal type of confirmation did we have like in hand before we went nuts and filmed that big-ass commercial? Uh, there was many emails back and forth. There was many emails back and forth, and there was uh, and, and we have a contract where the products are actually listed on a contract um it's every product it's like it's like an itemized list you know so it says gangster wraps and then it says uh strong sleeves and it's you know it says all this stuff it's this big old list of like 20 products or whatever whatever the hell it is um and those products are on the list and they're supposed to be approved for the next four years and um just uh for whatever reason um uh, there's, there could be a lot of reasons for it, but whatever reasons the IPF said, you know what, we, uh, psych, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kidding. And, uh, they, they overturned, they overruled their initial ruling, which was to have the product on the list. Now, you know, I, I am glad that, uh, I'm glad that we're not two years down the line or a year down the road, you know, and, and people are competing in these things and people are all fired up and, and to have them, uh, you know, they, they, I think I think the IPF uh, legitimately on their side of things, I think they legitimately think that we try to like do something, but we didn't. We sent them the product, so there's no there's no foul play on our part. We made a product that looks a certain way and has certain dimensions and certain things going on. Um, we thought it had a chance to get IPF approved because it got it approved everywhere else, and uh, it did. And then it didn't. <laughs> so there's not really a, a ton more to really say, you know, in those terms. But I I just want people to know that, like, we didn't, uh, it wasn't like a, a first pass or like, uh, yeah, that should be approved. Like, we'll, you know, we'll let you guys know. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's approved. Let's make this commercial. Let's tell right. everybody. Right. It was full on uh, conf- confirmed and yeah. ready to go. Yeah, and as much as we're explaining this, you know, as soon as some of this stuff comes out, people are going to be like, oh, Mark Bell's money hungry, and, you know, people are going to say all these weird things and assume all these weird things, but it has absolutely nothing to do with that, um, and it has more to do with just a simple miscommunication. I've said before on this podcast many times, the problem with communication is thinking that it ever happened, <laughs> um, 
we thought it happened. We double checked, we triple checked, but, uh, uh, for whatever reason that that wasn't good enough and it, it didn't work out the way that we were looking for. But to me, all these things are a positive. And the reason is, is because we've been working really, really hard to make our way. We've been really been working hard to put up points on the scoreboard. I want this company to, I want this company to be on the map. Well, now we're on the map. We're on everyone's radar. It's very, very clear. And there's people circling around us, uh, kind of watching our every move. And I've been in these situations before, uh, when I was competing in powerlifting and uh, I'm sure I'll end up in these situations again. It's just part, it's just all part of it. It's part of, if I'm going to come out and I'm going to talk and I'm going to be vocal and I'm going to be the leader and I'm going to be the sounding board, the mouthpiece for this company, then a lot of shots are going to be fired my way. And that's, that's just the way it is. That's what comes with this territory, but it doesn't make me scared. It doesn't make me want to back down from anything. It doesn't make me want to hide. It, it makes me want to communicate more, it makes me want to tell people more about what's going on, uh, rather than. Uh, less of what's going on because I think most people are really, really crippled by their fear of what they think other people are going to think of them. They're really crippled by, um, they're really crippled by the anticipation of, of what might happen. And so for me, I, I don't, I don't have any of that. I'm, you know, we're going to shoot a commercial here in a minute where I'm going to let things fly a little bit and, uh, tell people about, you know, what happened and, uh, we'll post that on social media and we will just go from there. In a meeting earlier, you had kind of talked about how you've seen this day coming, or at least you were prepping for it, or you were hoping for it. Mm -hmm. How long has that been in your mind? Um, you know, I for many years, you know, I I've always, uh, you know, it it it's going to happen, you know, on on bigger levels than this. You know, this is just kind of the start of it. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, I've envisioned this for this company, you know, from, from the beginning, I've always wanted, I've always wanted our company to be recognized by other companies. I always wanted our company, uh, I wanted, I want people to be jealous of what we're doing. I want people to be jealous of the jobs that you guys have. I want people to be, uh, jealous of the different things we're able to afford. I mean, people come in here and they're like, holy shit. They see this podcast room. It's got seven cameras in it. And they're like, wow, like I got one of these, you know, <laughs> this is really expensive crap. You know, we got a lot of stuff in here and it's because we've sold a lot of products to a lot of great customers and we've continued to take care of those customers. And we always will, because we appreciate that we have a 20,000 square foot facility that we're able to have free powerlifting and free, free, a uh, free gym in, um, because of the loyalty of the customers over the years, this is all built. Uh, this isn't built off of Mark Bell. This is built off of the fans and the customers communicating over and over again about how good the products are. And they continue to do it. The company continues to grow. The company continues to soar. And I will continue to be transparent. I'll continue to let you know what the hell is going mm -hmm. on. But what I would say is think about where you put your money and think about who you're voting for. I don't mean voting for politically, but I mean, when you spend money on something, you're voting for somebody, you're voting for that company. So somebody might say, oh, I don't really like Mark Bell. Okay. Well, what's your alternative? Because you know, you don't like me because of, because I'm everywhere, <laughs> because I'm on YouTube and because I have a podcast and because, 
I have, I wrote a book because I'm right. I'm just in a lot of different spots, but where is your money going otherwise? Uh, at least I'm a lifter. At least I'm a lifter that's created stuff for lifters with lifters in mind. I've worn all this stuff. I wear all this stuff. Who are these other people? Who are these other owners uh, of these other, uh, um, these other federations? Uh, if they, if they were anything, I'm unaware of it. And there's no bigger powerlifting fan than me. I love powerlifting. And I'm unaware of any of the numbers these guys have ever put up. Uh, these other owners, uh, they've never put up one point on the scoreboard in terms in, in uh, terms of what I consider points on the scoreboard. I don't know. I'm unaware of anything they've ever done that's good or great. And so, you know, when I think about, you know, where people are going to uh, put their dollars and what people are going to buy, they should be buying from Slingshot because we make products for the lifters. That's what we're here for. That's what Super Training Gym is all about. And the gym is free. The gym is free. There's there's no trick involved. People keep asking me that. Like, what's the? There's nothing. Just, How do you become a member? Just don't be a pussy. That's it. <laughs> just just don't be a bitch. Just come in and say that you want to try it out and come in and work out. There's no there's uh there's no strings attached. Um, the one thing we don't allow is we don't allow you to wear shitty products in here. So that's that's about it. You can't wear other can't wear other companies' products. It's a request of a free gym, right? Um, it doesn't mean you have to wear our stuff, but you just can't wear anybody else's stuff. Um, that's, that's it. But there's no, there's no, you know, the gym is, uh, I don't know, there's $300,000 worth of equipment there or more. I don't even know. Like there's a lot of, a lot of great stuff in there. Not only is the gym free, but if you end up training with us often, you need a lot of instruction, you know, and I've, I can't even tell you how many people I've had come up to me and say, man, I really want to train at your gym, but is it really free? Yeah, it's really free. That's why I say it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. How is it free? And there's not thousands of people lined up ready to go train. Because <laughs> powerlifting's hard. That's yeah. why. Powerlifting's tough. It's a tough thing to get good at. Yeah. Um, so what's going to happen with the X sleeves the way they are now with the grip? Yeah, somebody's asking yep. if we're going to discontinue them now. No, we're going to keep selling them. We were going to keep selling them. We were going to, we were going to, um, just kind of do away with them. And then we're like, you know what? They're too popular. People love them because a lot of people bought them before they were IPF approved. So a lot of people bought them without, without even understanding whether they were going to be, whether they were going to become IPF approved or not. A lot of people just purchased them and they were fired up and excited about it. So, um, yeah, that's right. Don't be a bitch. That's what I said. Somebody's <laughs> chiming in on Instagram, but, um, yeah, the X sleeve is uh still going to be sold we're going to call it the grippy x sleeve you're going to see it um the new x sleeve and the grippy x sleeve will be on the website tomorrow and we also have a halloween sale going on at the same time so we had a meeting and um you know a lot of times andy and i come in and, and kind of tell everybody something we tell everybody about like what we're looking for what we're doing this week but we're also you know, looking for information. We're also trying to use you guys as a sounding board. And a lot of great things came of that meeting. I mean, if you think about, you know, where we were at the beginning of the meeting versus where we left off, it was quite different. You know, we ran the gamut of all these different scenarios and all this stuff. Again, obviously it's to make more money. We want the company to succeed. We want the company to prosper. We want the company to grow. We had the Zevia guy in here yesterday. 
He said when they first started, you know, the, the product had sugar alcohols in it and had this and that in it. He didn't like that. But the company grew. It expanded. They made more money. They made the product better. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to continue to grow and expand so we can keep making the products better. We can make, keep making the people that work in here better. The more opportunity there is for Andrew, the more opportunity there is for Chris, the more opportunity there is for the people that work in this building, the better the information that's going to get delivered to you. Hmm. I mean, that's cool. So hmm. go buy a shirt that says power on it or go buy a strong shirt or, or go buy a, a hat from us. Go buy a slingshot from us over at markbellslingshot.com. If you go over there right now and you want to uh, get 15% off slingshots, then I think you type in Power Project, right? Mm -hmm. Power Project at checkout will get you 15% any and all slingshots. Yeah. And then also there's the sale tomorrow for Halloween. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, this is the price of... uh, of, of being in business. This is, this is, uh, the price that you pay. There's always going to be a target on you. And, uh, I think a lot of people feel that way in their day to day. I think they feel like kind of the world's out to get them, or they feel like it's them versus everybody else. Or, um, you know, it's your fault. You couldn't get to work on time because, oh man, they're doing road work. You know, they're Hmm. doing construction on my street. And so I couldn't get to work on time. Um, You kind of always have that feeling, but what are you going to do? You're going to just continue to be late. You're going to continue to cry about it. Or, or are you going to try to do something productive? Uh, or are you going to try to spin it to be positive? When we got on the phone with the IPF, my wife and uh, the guy that she was talking to on the phone, they were going back and forth, adult conversation, but nobody was, I mean, no one was heated. It wasn't, it wasn't getting crazy or anything. But the second I had the opportunity to talk, and, and this is my wife's job is to kind of be a pain in the ass. She kind of has to be, somebody has to, somebody has to get the bottom of all this. Right. And so she has to do that and she doesn't mind doing that. But when I got on the phone, all that guy knows is his perception of me, you know, and who knows what the perception is of me floating around. Um, I'm sure they don't really care that much, but they're just excited to, uh, they're excited to have us be part of their federation now. Um, but when I got on the phone, I said, Hey, listen, you know what? I am so excited. I am so fired up and pumped to be part of the IPF. It's the biggest powerlifting federation that there is. I used to compete in it, compete in it as a kid. I competed in the ADFPA before it ever branched off and became the USAPL. And then before it partnered up with the IPF, I've been competing in powerlifting since I was 12 years old. And this, uh, us coming together, us collaborating on, on this is awesome and it's great for it's it's just going to benefit the lifters and that's what i'm excited about and the guy was like super pumped and he was excited and he said you know what he goes i tell everybody over here that uh if there's anybody who can turn uh negative publicity into great publicity it's mark bell so he's like i know that you'll figure it out anyway so they already (laughs) had discussions they already they know that because of, uh, you know, what they did with this product, um, taking the X sleeve, um, or, or overturning their approval of the X sleeve, they know that it's jacking us up, but they also know that we're strong enough to overcome it and have it, uh, not only be something that we overcome, but have it be something that's great for us. Because 
What I like about it is now we get to continue to communicate with our customers. So there are some customers, there's a lot of customers that bought this X sleeve with the intention of using it in USAPL meets and being able to compete in the IPF. And now they won't be able to, but we're replacing this sleeve with an approved X sleeve, uh, especially for them. And, uh, it gives us an opportunity to email those customers, explain what happened, walk them through the process and say, oh yeah, you know what? We're sending you some free shit. We're going to send you a free pair of the new X sleeves because we realize what a hassle, what a giant pain in the ass. We didn't have to do that. Uh, it would have made more sense for us to just do it with uh, only the people that bought it and purchased it and thought it was for uh, the people that bought it with the intention of using it in the IPF. But we decided to do it for everybody. So anybody that gets the email, anybody that gets the email within the next day or two, um, I want you to act on it. I want you to click on it. I want you to open up your email. I want you to look at it. I want you to go to our website and I want you to get your... Uh, I want you to make this right and get the right product. I've been uh, reading a handful of comments in a couple couple other videos that I've seen on on the YouTubes. Uh, <laughs> one that just stood out to me, and it was just funny because at the end of our commercial, you said you're giving money back to powerlifting. Mm-hmm. But people were like, well, he's getting all the advertising. He's going to get all the money. How is giving back to powerlifting, or how is Mark giving back to powerlifting by investing and you know, making all his products IPF approved. Yeah. You know, I mean, the first thing is, is that 250 K literally just went straight to the IPF. <laughs> so the IPF needs money to have judges. It needs money to have spotters, loaders. It needs money for new computers, uh, to keep records. It needs money. Right. It, it needs money, right? They have a website. They, uh, they do a lot. They do a lot of things. They spend a lot of money on these, uh, competitions that they have. So that money literally went back into a federation that runs, runs a powerlifting organization. That is the most powerlifting, uh, most powerful powerlifting federation on the planet. And so that's where that money went to and towards. And yeah, maybe it just went to some dude's salary too, but who cares? Cause those people need to be paid for their time and for their efforts as well. Um, my reaction to some of that was, what is your idea? What, what, what is your suggestion? Because the only thing that anyone ever comes up with is you should invest in our contest because we're going to pay cash. The paying cash thing has been around forever. I've run a lot of meets like that and I'm sorry, but I've done that probably about 10 years ago. So it's, that's an outdated protocol that doesn't do anything for powerlifting. It really doesn't. It does. I'll say it again. It doesn't do anything for powerlifting. There was a contest in Dubai this week for strongman that had a tremendous amount of money on the line. Um, I can't even remember how much money was on the line. How many people were aware there was a strongman contest in Dubai? Not a clue. Except for a few people that liked watching Brian Shaw and like watching Hapthor Bjornsson. Most people are completely unaware that there was even a contest. So what does that do for strongman? It doesn't really do anything for strongman unless they're able to run that contest for three years, four years, five years, six years. And then there's, uh, there's, there's kids and there's younger people, younger generation going, ah, that's what I want to do with my life because that looks really cool. I can pick up heavy stuff. And it seems like if I'm good enough, it seems like I can actually make some dough doing it as well. (laughs) For powerlifting to benefit from somebody 
investing money into it, you'd have to invest enormous amounts of money into it. Um, who are you going to pay? How many people are you going to pay? I mean, the only thing that makes sense would be to structure a professional powerlifting league. But you know what? You know, many people would complain about that. Thousands of people would complain about that because how many people would be good enough to get paid? And then how much are you going to pay them? You know, just do some math, do some simple math. What if you paid, um, there's, there's at least 50 lifters in the world that are, that are a hundred percent worth making $50,000 a year, just on how strong they are. Right. Just on, just completely, just about just how strong they are. Right. Let's even say 30,000, just add that up. Who the hell is going to pay that and how, who and how are they going to pay that? You know, um, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, Nike, you know, doesn't pay, uh, for the salary of LeBron James. Um, Nike doesn't, you know, they don't, they don't come in and pay, they pay these guys, uh, to be spokesmen for them. But LeBron James gets paid by the NBA. He gets paid by the, the league that he's a part of because that league is on a crazy level. I'm sorry. He doesn't get paid by the NBA. He gets paid by the team that he's on. He gets paid by the Los Angeles Lakers. But that whole situation and the way all that is formed has been formed over decades and decades of these individuals being on TV and them having commercials, everything you go to Sacramento Kings game, you know, we're here in Sacramento, California, go to Sacramento Kings game and everything's a commercial. They take Mm -hmm. a halftime break. It's brought to you by somebody, uh, all throughout the entire stadium. There's commercial something going on everywhere. There's a banner, there's a thing, there's a, Every single thing that you can think of selling, they, they sell you on. Now, power of thing is just not to that point. And it just, it more, more than likely, uh, never will be, but somebody will have to have a more, a much more complicated, much more complicated, uh, attack than to just simply pay out the lifter, uh, for what they did at the end. Like if the NBA was to, um, you know, pay the best basketball players in the world, which they don't. The NBA is just the organization that houses it all. If they were to pay the best uh, NBA players in the world, they'd be broke because <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So it looks like Half Thor got 75000 Shaw got 35000 And I always have a hard time pronouncing it's a Met, <laughs> Mateo. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Sorry, dude. I've seen him compete hella times. I still don't know his name. That guy's got some traps on him. Yeah. Uh, this guy. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yep. But, but still, yeah, I think I only... Yeah, that's some big money. And I think they got flown there. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. But 35000 I mean, Brian would have to... I mean, whoever the person is would have to come in second. Um, <clears throat> you know, they'd have... I mean, shit, sec- he's the second strongest guy in the world. <laughs> um, there's so much that goes into that. Um, that is one competition, and obviously he can compete more. Um, but uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to compete. And you don't see that in powerlifting anyway. There's not really a lot of contests where there's that much money on the line. <clears throat> now, when there was multiply powerlifting, they had more. Wow, it looks really cool. It does look sick. These are the things that are actually going to, that would help more so than anything else is, is high production. A high production value, um, having having good interaction with the fans and stuff. But But these sports, I mean, there's... When it comes to power of things, just something different would have to happen for there to be an explosion of cash uh, for everybody to uh, for everybody to figure out ways of making dough. 
<clears throat> but you know, every company is going to decide on how they spend their money. Some, some companies like to spend money on, uh, investing in their, um, in their athletes and they spend a lot of money on their athletes. And then, um, other companies like to, uh, have like influencers, other companies like to run commercials. Um, just every company kind of has their own format, their own way of doing things. The Zevia company having, um, Patty Spence here yesterday that owns Zevia, that company is so different from what we have. They got soda. We have, <laughs> we have slingshots, right? It's a different, it's a different attack. It's a different approach. Um, do you think it would bother you or anybody if you know, we go to a powerlifting meet and it's kind of like going to a Kings game where the seat you're sitting in has an ad, the banners, the <laughs> every time a new lifter goes up, it's well, uh, brought to you by slingshot or whatever. So a lot of people have been, a lot of people have been, been to powerlifting meets and, uh, when they get asked, um, or when, when they get stopped and someone's like, Hey, it's 15 bucks to get in. People flip out. <laughs> they flip out. Yeah. But then people are like, there's no money. In power. It's like, which way do you want it? Can we settle on a way that you want it to be? Um, <clears throat> now, you know, we, Jesse and I have toyed with this uh, for years and it's something it bothers us. It bothers us that the lifters don't really get a lot, you know? Um, but what are you going to do? You know, Jesse and I played around with the idea of <clears throat> having a, um, you know, a thing of cash where you just say, Hey, anything you want to donate goes towards the lifters. So I could see a lot of people reaching in and, and giving five bucks and, <clears throat> and maybe it like, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe it doesn't actually like go towards the lifters. Like you're not going to split up the cash at the end of the day. Right. But it just went towards all the snacks and different things they have provided to them in the back or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, yeah, but it's at the same time, it's like, no, let's make this a family environment. Let's make this fun. That's, I mean, that's why we do a lot of the seminars and stuff for, for free too. It's like, I just, we just want to, we just want to share stuff. That's why the gym's free. Just want to, I just want to share stuff with people. And uh, yeah, Burdick and I have talked many times about, Hey, you know, how do we, you know, we figure out, you know, uh, it's something, you know, where the, where there's some compensation for the contest. And we're like, no, screw it. Let's just not even worry about it. Like the, running the contest and having, having people come up to you and look you in the eye and shake your hand and say, Hey, thank you so much for putting on this contest. That's plenty. You know, you don't really need, you don't really need a whole lot more than that. You ever think about like, uh, the winner of this meet is going to get like a year sponsorship from slingshot or something to where you're going <laughs> to, I mean, you kind of do that already, but like an official, like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you guys for the next year. Your, mm -hmm. your meet, whatever, uh, the cost of going across the country to hit up another meet, all your gear, that sort of thing. So that way you're still technically giving back to that one power mm -hmm. lifter and making a huge impact on that person's life yeah. and maybe kind of influencing the next meet at Burdick's gym. Yeah. All, I mean, all those things are great. Um, the, the issue with that is like, I don't know who's going to win. And then like, once the person mm -hmm. wins, I don't know who that person is. Like, uh, mm -hmm as great and as big of a deal as Conor McGregor is like, I would be pissed if I was a sponsor and I saw him throwing a hand truck through a bus. Right. Or if right. you're a Khabib sponsor and you saw him going out in the crowd trying to attack the guy, you know, um, and, and different people are going to have different views on those kinds of things. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to, uh, to be associated with somebody, uh, that has like this sketchy background or whatever. And I'm not saying that they would, 
but like you just don't really know who they are. So we're better off uh, supporting people that support us. We're better off supporting people that we know. Um, you think of, uh, you know, Jeremy Avila, somebody that we've had around before. Brian, we have an outstanding relationship with him. Uh, and there's been a lot of other lifters that have come here. And um, there's a lot of, lot of lifters who do a lot for us. Um, and they don't ask much of us. They just, you know, we, we've been able to share uh, the, them on our social media and help give them more recognition. Uh, there's a lot of lifters that have really done um, uh, some great things for us and great things with us. And, you know, I, I really would love to see that uh, continue. I would love to see the sport grow, um, but I don't think the sport growing has that much to do with uh, necessarily there being like more money in the sport. Um, the slingshot record breakers meet that is coming up. It's right around the corner, November 10 and 11th, I believe. Uh, I'm super excited about that. And we're giving out cash at that meet. Um, it's, it's an honor to be part of that. It's an honor to hand a check over to somebody for a few thousand bucks if they break some records and stuff. Um, but again, I don't think that really drives, I don't think that really drives. It's not, um, that's not like sexy enough or, or cool enough to really, you know, really move the needle. I mean, if, if, uh, you were able to have a thing about this, Greg Glassman, uh, developed CrossFit. Greg Glassman has a statement of saying that men will die for points. And when he says men, he means men and women. <laughs> Humans. Yeah. People will die for points. And if you think, think about that, like, it's Thanksgiving and you go outside and you start chucking around a wiffle ball and you're playing wiffle ball with your family or whatever. Next thing you know, it's going full tilt. <laughs> People are sliding, sliding in head first to home plate on the blacktop, right? Like things just start getting wild. I was safe. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, how do we get to this point where there's a fight in the street? You call that a strike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a fight in the street over this uh, silly game that we've we fired up over here, but, um, that, that to me is, is, is where the focus should be. The focus should be on the competition. How do we make the competition better? How do we streamline the competition? So people aren't like, ah, I'm not going to that meet, but I'm going to go to this meet over here. Ah, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to go to this one over here. How do we funnel it into a system of finding the strongest human beings in the world? If you think about CrossFit, they have a six week uh, program that is announced every week. They got, they have these workouts, right? Let's say Andrew and I are CrossFitters. Mm -hmm. Well, Andrew does, uh, well, it's 2018, right? So we'll say, uh, and then it's week one of the workout. So Andrew and I do 18.1, uh, on, on the uh, first day that they announce the workout and, uh, Andrew trains in, um, trains in Oakland and I train here in Sacramento and I know Andrew, we've been friends for years and I, I can go and I can look up NorCal and I can, and I know that some of the people are going to be like, but CrossFit's changed there. I know, <laughs> I know they've changed their thing. I'm just, this is all, but I can still look in NorCal and I can see son of a bitch. Andrew beat me on 18.1. Well, I can try it again. Now I try it again. I get a better score. I'd submit it in time. It's done correctly or, or however they do it. And, uh, now you see that I jumped <laughs> you and you're like, shit, man. 
So, I mean, that's doing so many different things. That's getting you to the gym more. That's getting you to the box that you train at, which is all, which is all very positive. Um, it also, I mean, it also can get a dangerous place for people because people do get hurt because men will die for points. But that's the, that's the level of thought that would have to be put into trying to blow powerlifting up or turn it into something bigger. We've talked about it many times in this podcast before. Um, I do think ultimately, uh, well, I don't think, I know for a fact that I can do it. I know that I can, I can help the sport, but I'm not in a position to do that just yet. I have too many other things going on <laughs> to, uh, I need to be older <laughs> in order to, uh, really, uh, really make this work. And I don't know, maybe an opportunity <clears throat> will pop up with, uh, what we're doing with the IPF now. Yeah. Do you think going kind of like all UFC on powerlifting and making like a, a like even, I, I guess the, the IPF is already that with like drug yeah. testing and stuff. So I guess the question is, do you think that that has anything to do with like the um, popularity or the, you know, the lack of popularity when it comes to powerlifting? The IPF, um, <laughs> Because, I mean, you said to yourself, the IPF is huge, right? It's huge, yeah. And then these other organizations aren't as big. Right. The IPF is, the IPF has a lot of, uh, a lot, the IPF has a lot of older people associated with it. So I think that if they had some young blood in there, I think that that would help. And I know that there's people that work for them right now that are young, that are probably like, they don't listen to me. <laughs> um, but I think, all that will continue just to get better. It, it will all continue to get better. And I think um, that if powerlifting is ever to really grow, I don't think it's through the Olympics. I don't think the Olympics will matter. Um, I, I think it would be cool, but IPF, people, people have never been to another country and they never been, or not to another country, but people have never been to an IPF world event in another country. Most of the, most of the people that are out there. And if they have, they would, they would be blown. Like I haven't been to one, but I know, but I understand what they look like. It's insane what it looks like. It does not look like anything that we're used to here. It, it is just, uh, multiplied, uh, by, you know, by 200, you know, like there's, there's going to be a lot of people at Jesse Burdick's, uh, Jesse Burdick's meet slingshot record breakers meet, uh, that we're doing together there's going to be a lot of great excitement and stuff like that there, but it's like, um, there'll be two, 3000 people, 4,000, 5,000 people sitting in their seats, uh, paying very close attention to what's going on in some of these, uh, bigger IPF, uh, competitions. So I think the growth of the sport is going to come through the younger lifters. Um, think about how many people there are out there that don't know what they like to do yet. You know, you mentioned your daughter, she started mm -hmm. dancing recently and you're super excited. What does it have to do with dancing? Nothing it has nothing to do with actual dancing. Uh, she, you, you, she could have played the violin and you'd be like, Oh my God, she's playing the violin. This is so cool. Yeah. She found something that she loves to do. That's the, that's the cool thing. But how many kids are there out there that could use being exposed to something like this? That if this powerlifting could change your life forever. Dance, it would be like probably pretty unlikely to like dance your whole life. But we do know some people like uh, we've had some CrossFit girls come in here before and they've 
dance from the time they were young and now they do choreography and stuff like that. And, but for, for a lot of people, some of the things you do when you're little, like play baseball or something, those things will run out. How long are you going to play baseball for? How long are you going to play football for? How long are you going to wrestle for? And like, like then you have to find someone else to like wrestle. You got to find someone else to, <laughs> which might be awkward. <laughs> and you got to find, you got to find somebody else to play baseball against, or you got to be in some old guy baseball league. But with lifting weights, it's something that you can do forever. And so I think that the ticket and the key is uh, through younger people. And I don't mean kids that are 10. You know, I, I mean kids that are anywhere between 15 and 25, basically. Um, collegiate powerlifting, you know, is, is on the rise. And that's going to be something that can really help grow the sport. And so, again, I don't think money... I don't think money is the main thing. Um, if the collegiate athlete could, the collegiate lifters uh, could get expenses paid for and things like that. Now we're starting to, that's, that's starting to, that's starting to be a real positive because now we go back to Nike, Nike, Nike will invest in these basketball camps and they will pay for uh, some kids to go to these camps. They will do certain, you know, so there's, there are some, there are some things that could really help the sport. I think more camps slash seminars will help. And I think, uh, just instructing our youth as we did with female powerlifters, instructing our youth, Hey man, it's okay to rip up some heavy ass weight. You know, we've done that with females and now females all over the place are just crushing weight left and right. Freaking Joey is in there kicking everybody's ass all the time. And I don't know what that's about. She's like, I haven't deadlifted in a while. She's like, bam, bam, bam. We're like, whoa. And just deadlifts twice as much as me without even trying. Yeah. She, she like, she's like, oh, my form is so bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, that was awful. Or yeah, what about Jessica pulling 410 for, for two reps? You know, I mean, yeah. just, you know, it's just ridiculous how strong people are getting. But strong people will continue to push the sport and people need to be kind and need to not be dicks and people need to be positive. And that's why I'm being positive about this situation. Yes. The situation sucks. Um, I, I work really hard. You know, I, I just went into our R and D room and I looked around the room and I, I can't even explain why, but like when I see some of the stuff that I've created in the past, like I just, I want to like break down and cry. Cause I'm like, <laughs> shit, man. Like, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I made, I made that thing over there and I'll look at it. I'll be like, that thing was so stupid, <laughs> you know? And I'll look at something else. I'll be like, oh, there's a winner. You know, there's the, there's the original hip circle. I'll look at something else. Like I made a deadlift suit one time that was made out of like knee wrap material. It's a, it's mm -hmm. crazy. It's crazy. By the way, these people that are trying to make these suits that connect to belts and stuff, <laughs> you guys are so far behind. You don't have no idea. What you have you... no idea the different shit that I made. <laughs> I, and I definitely don't want to clown on anyone's inventions or stuff, but did you see the sweaters with the wrist wraps connected inside? That's awesome. <laughs> like, we that's need free. that. I, I mean, I, I dug it because I'm always cold, mm -hmm. but I just, I don't know. I just figured a lot of people think would think that that was silly. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. You never know when lifting's going to break out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Just out on the town and all of a sudden, oh, wait, got to get set up for this big ass deadlift. You know, what's so. funny is, uh, Austin Baumgarten came to me one time and he, uh, he just came up to me and he was like, Hey, you know, what'd be cool if you could figure out a way to like, sew compression cuffs into like, uh, uh, compression pants, 
And I was like, and everybody else kind of laughed. And I was like, no, he's actually on something pretty good there. Mm-hmm. He's just, the problem is, is you end up Frankenstein and things. And it, it's hard to make stuff look appealing. Um, in our society, you forget how important that is. Like, uh, <laughs> like if you want to look really weird, put on a pair of jeans, right? Get your best pair of jeans, mm-hmm. right? Get your best pair of workout shorts. Take those workout shorts and put them right up over top of your jeans and then go to the, and then go to the uh, local coffee shop. <laughs> You'll look like a complete idiot. So the aesthetics of things is really important. That's why some of the products that I've had in my head for all these years, I have not created because they look too dumb. And I'm like, nobody wants to look like an idiot, you know, sitting there in a the corner. Austin comes up with some cool stuff just in conversation, talking to him. He's a really smart guy. Oh, he's, he's brilliant. <laughs> He, uh, he really loves food. He's, he, he loves food. So he'll get so excited about like, he's, he's somebody that like, if you say, Hey, you know, ever try a quest bar that tastes pretty good. He'll go quest bars are disgusting. (laughs) He's like good compared to what? And I'm like, okay, okay. I, I, okay. I understand your point. Good in comparison to a Butterfinger or peanut butter cup. I get it. You win. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it tastes pretty good relative to other protein bars is what i was referring to speaking of candy tis the season buddy what's your favorite are, and okay. are you a candy guy i think you're no. more of a chip fry guy right yeah i am but i mean do you remember how is that, how is that a thing or or are you, like there's it's just because of the stomach thing you know like if if i have uh, fries or whatever, I'm fine. If I have too much sweets, my stomach hurts really bad. Just kills you. Yeah. But do you remember uh, Reese's Nut Rages back in the day? Yeah. Okay, that was my jam. That was really good. And I don't see it anymore. I don't know what happened so... to it. So... <laughs> I think I bought them all. All right. So, uh, where was I? Where, where <laughs> We were where, talking about candy. Where were... Uh, okay, I was in, uh, I was in Alaska. Um, and we went to the movie theater. And I saw... We, we got to, now you got to go on the website. Cause I don't know what's happening with Reese's. Um, I bought what I thought was kind of like a nut rages, but they had something new and different out and it was delicious. You ever have a break five or whatever it's called yeah, or I've take se- five. I've seen that, but I've never had it. I don't... Take five is good. Um, I used to go to the store and I used to just like buy all the candy. <laughs> like I used to just go in and I'd buy it all. I love all of it. I love Snickers. I love the Snickers peanut butter ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snickers almond. Obviously, the regular Snickers rules too. Um, I like, you know, I, it's weird because I like dark chocolate and I have a, um, yeah. I have an expensive, like, kind of gayish palette, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but, but I sir, there's so much that goes into a gay palette, right? So uh, I'm finding Reese's outrageous. So that's the one. So Pull it up. I can't see it over here. My bad. You're hiding yeah. it on. I know. Uh, so yeah, it, that's what I had. So it's got like the, the candy bar, and then it's got the small Reese's. That's what it was. It was pieces in the, inside of it. I was watching a movie, so I didn't even know what I was eating. <laughs> it was all in the dark, just going to town on it. It's great because it was like a king size one. I think it had like four chunks to it. You're so fat. Well, I am so fat. <laughs> it even gets fatter. So I bought it. And like my family didn't know that I bought it because we bought like a bunch of crap kind of popcorn and stuff. And I was like, oh, they don't really know that I have this. So I, <laughs> I was, hid it from them. <laughs> well, so I had it on the side. I had it like on the side of me where I was sitting. 
And I had every intention of sharing it, but then I took one bite of it and I was like, fuck this. I, I thought for sure, I thought they saw me eating it, <laughs> but no one saw me eating it. No one said anything. Usually Quinn or Jake or someone's yeah. like all over me. Like, what is that? And normally it's, normally it works out great. Cause I'm like, oh, I ate like one chunk of it. Not a big deal, but not this time around. No. I was like, I'm hammering this whole thing. That's good. That's awesome. Um, I definitely like uh, dark chocolate. Mm. Like even just the simple dove dark chocolate is hella good. But uh, Snickers is always a good go-to. Peanut butter cups. If there's a, it's weird. People, there's a lot of people that don't like peanut butter cups, and I don't know what's wrong with them. It it drives me nuts. Somebody on the uh, the chat box they said uh, almond joy, and um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a fan of the uh, the coconut eh, and it's trying to be all healthy. Yeah, it's like fuck that, dude. Just have a have a candy. Yeah, no, don't don't go trying to sneak in a bunch yeah. of healthy crap on me. Come now. on, Eric. Uh, but he did bring up another point, uh, or, or su- not suggest whatever. He just brought it up um, about like having like scholarships for high school kids that are in powerlifting. Mm. That might be cool to like. That would be cool. Now there are a couple of colleges that have like scholarshiped powerlifting. Trying to get my motherfucking scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is really cool. Oh, paydays are good too. Corbin, good call. <laughs> yeah, payday is pretty good. And it shouldn't be that good, but it's good. It is. Uh, th- this is where like my uh, Butterfingers. nutritional like upbringing. I remember playing basketball and then my dad being like, hey, here, have this payday so that way you have <laughs> a lot more energy. I was like, all right, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. It's got peanuts, right? Peanuts are healthy. Well, and it's also true though. I mean, you got some sugar in there too, which is, you know, sh- sugar... You know, as we were pointing out on the, yesterday's podcast is sugar is a form of energy, but it's just so overdone. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the issue with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bar made years ago called a bar none. And like, it was out for a few years. It kicked ass. I loved it. I used to get it all the time. And then, and then, uh, it just, as my son would say, when he was like probably five or six, it misappeared. <laughs> Miss. Oh, okay. yeah. He made up his own word. He's yeah. Like, it misappeared. Oh man, we have we still say some of those even though Jasmine doesn't say them anymore. Yeah, yeah and they and they kid your kids get pissed at you. <laughs> it's just like, what are you talking about? So peanut butter cup. Ooh, this looks great. Hold yeah, on, let me pull none. this up. Did you find it? Oh man, <laughs> memories. Oh my god. Oh man. Tame tame the chocolate beastie. It says at the bottom. Is that am I reading that correct? <laughs> I think so. What is a chocolate beastie? I guess I have that inside me. I guess. Dude, I love chocolate. We went to... Damn, look um, at how they make the chocolate look just... Oh. You have no idea how to do that with your camera. You got to work on that shit, buddy. That shit's fake, though. Oh. I think. Sorry, bro. I could light it. I don't know if I can photograph it. Kind of looks good, but it kind of looks like a turd towards the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> a turd with traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turd with tread. <laughs> Uh, I went to Ginger Elizabeth. You ever been there before? Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why I never heard of it. It is the most expensive, <laughs> most ridiculous goddamn place that makes uh, sense. in the world, but it's so good. Mm. It's just in downtown Sacramento. Um, I, f- I forget exactly where it's at, but yeah, Ginger Elizabeth is awesome. We should actually have the woman on the podcast cause she's from Davis mm. and all she does is make these kick-ass cookies all day um and and chocolates but the cookies there are ridiculous they have that kind of crunch to the outside you know it's a good cookie when it weighs like 25 pounds right the thing's got some serious uh weight to it 
Um, and they're just, I mean, it's hard to describe, but they are so good. They're soft and moist and they're, they're just, it's just absolutely like, it's impossible to eat just one though. And then you just <laughs> get sick and feel like you're going to die. Uh, how about Twix? Twix is fantastic. I'm a big fan. I can't eat them in my older days now because they kind of hurt my teeth. The caramel, it, I don't know. It just sticks to your teeth. It just, yeah, it just hurts. You get that like layer of crap on your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody else said three musketeers, which, yeah, it's very filling. Very, (laughs) very filling. Uh, three musketeer (laughs) is, uh, is not good because (laughs) it's, it's just like the poor man's Snickers or something. Like it's missing the other ingredients. They are very girthy though. They're great. They're great. They're very (laughs) fluffy. They're very airy. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if they were around and, uh, and and you had no other options yeah you'd eat some of them i mean mm-hmm. they they taste really good do you ever have m&ms with popcorn yeah like while you're eating your popcorn you shove in some m&ms yep. yeah it's amazing i yeah. love that move m&ms and ice cream it almost doesn't matter what kind of ice cream m&ms always goes good with it mm. you know as you get older unfortunately you get to be like you know we've talked about our kids not not knowing how to like match up their ice cream the right way yeah and then they make like a big bowl of like ice cream soup that just it's looks like bad. it'll just kill your stomach. Yeah. But as you get older though, you go too far the other way. I'm always like, I'll just get vanilla. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, what happened to me? I'm the same way. I used to be, I used to be a savage. Yeah. I don't know. I, Cause I remember my dad would do that all the time. He's like, I just want vanilla. I'm like, dude, you have all these flavors and you're going to get the, you get the one from the yeah. store? Like, no. And then now I'm like, yeah, I, I, everything else kind of bothers me. It hurts me one way or the other. It's kind of like, like, nowhere is this more apparent than when you're making a sandwich, <laughs> right? Because, like, you can mess up the flavor of the sandwich uh, by throwing the wrong thing on there. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to, I like to taste the cheese on a sandwich, so I don't like to mix in too much other crap. I don't even really like vegetables on my sandwich because it kind of pulls away from the cheese and meat flavor. Yeah. I can't. Like, damn it. I can't do tomatoes because it just makes everything soggy and gross. Yeah. And then everything falls apart and it slides. Yep. I never understood that either. I don't think that's a good option. Someone else said a whatchamacallit. I've never had one though. Oh, those are really good. I never had a Heath bar either because when I was a kid, I thought it said health. So I thought it was like a power bar. That's great. So I never tried one of those either. Health bar. Have you ever had a Abba Zabba? I don't think so. <laughs> I've just, seen them before though. So chewy, you'll lose. Is it teeth. like a Charleston chew? I one think so. Things, like yeah, a big giant. Uh, like you, you tootsie roll almost. You take a bite and it just keeps stretching out forever. That's awesome. And if you take a bite, your teeth will come out. Why, when you go to like Bodega Bay, Dylan's Beach, why <laughs> is there so much saltwater taffy? So room? much taffy. I don't know. Yeah, what does that have to... I don't think they make it, like, in salt water. I think it's just... The... Do the crabs help make it or something? I mean... I hope not, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that stuff's appealing to me, like, at all. No, like, To me, it looks horrible. gross. I'm not a I'm not a hard candy person. Like, no. I don't like, uh, like, butterscotch and, like, Skittles and shit like that. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it, I guess. If I'm threatened, I'll eat it, but... <laughs> um, what are they, uh... Uh, so, some of that stuff, like the sour, what's the sour shit? Um, what are those things called? Like the, the straw ones or the s- you're talking about like warheads? The ones they have at the movie theater. Oh, um, sour patch kids. Yeah. 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 Those. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are amazing, but I, I just rather waste my calories somewhere else, I mm-hmm. guess. Oh man. But, Rolos. No, thanks. Those hurt my teeth. I think mm. the caramel hurts my teeth. 
Yeah. So I went to Ginger Elizabeth's one time and I think I spent like 75 bucks. <laughs> like, like we went Some there. Cookies. <laughs> yeah. Andy and I went there after we went to, um, uh, uh, press. You ever been to Press Bistro in downtown Sacramento? No. Pretty nice place. Not crazy. Mm-hmm. Not like uh, you know, it's not like over the top or anything. But it, it's it's a great restaurant. We actually went there uh, the first time we ever went there was we were celebrating uh, the one year anniversary of the Slingshot being out in the pub and being out in public. Or actually, maybe it was just the first year it was out. It wasn't even a one year anniversary. It was just the it was the birth. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we went to Press Bistro, and then uh, after that, we rolled over to Ginger Elizabeth, which is just kind of behind it. And um, we're just like, oh, we'll take some of those, and 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 we'll take some of those. And then, you know, of course, you get to the register, and they have fun stuff at the register, too. So you grab a couple of those. And I was like, oh, my God, they got ice cream, too. And we're just ordering, like, everything. <laughs> and And then they ring it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, we just spent $78 on chocolate. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I went nuts on just sweets. I think just save like macaroons and shit. Oh, those look good. I don't think I've ever had one. Those are really good. They look good. Mm. Yeah, more people need like their stomach to get jacked up from the (laughs) junk that they eat. You know, Mm -hmm. it's weird though. You know, it's 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 all so strange. Like, why why is your body okay with French fries? Like, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I don't know, man. And and you know, recently, like we've been talking. Like I'll have a steak, and that will jack up my stomach. But I can go to In and Out, and I'll be fine. You know, I, I've I've actually kind of used to be that way too. Where, like certain things, like bread, I feel like my body always digests bread really easy. I had Ezekiel bread on the way to the gym today because I was pretty hungry. Like I had hard boiled mm. eggs, and then I was like, dude, I need more. So I had just two slices of bread, plain, like just sitting on my lap, like no actual like napkin or anything kind of gross when i'm looking at it now but uh and it was great man if it it tasted amazing and it was just totally plain (laughs) kind of kind of dry and uh you know what like uh not not stale but it it wasn't soft because it's ezekiel bread but it was really good and my body does respond well to bread somebody uh (laughs) somebody wrote in here they said get chocolate protein powder and get rice bubbles and make what are it, rice it, bubbles? I don't know. And get rice bubbles and make some cocoa pops. I have no idea what that is. That sounds weird. But another guy wrote in and said, you take your protein powder and you mix it in with your cereal. And I've done that before. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Just some slingshot protein, some water, shake her up, throw it in the, uh, throw it on top of whatever cereal I'm eating. It's freaking delicious. When was the last time you've been to Cinnabon? Um... Uh, I would like to say I've never been to it, but I must have at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I those things are okay. Um, they're just not my first choice, you mm-hmm. know. Like they don't. It doesn't really appeal to me that much. I can't remember which comedian. He was on a podcast, I think, or maybe it was stand up. But he was like, "You can just look at the shame and all the guys standing in the line at Cinnabon." <laughs> like, oh damn. God, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been there since probably like high school. They're in the airport, and like people are like. I don't know. It's, it's weird. You know, I, 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 I'll never look at food the same, you know, from, from the time I was about, uh, 11, 12 years old when I started this whole like lifting thing, it's been a long evolution into, you know, having kind of the mindset that I have now, Mm -hmm. but 
as soon as I started to learn about sugar and how shitty it is for you and just excess food in general, um, I started making changes. And then, you know, now when I go to like, uh, like Starbucks, I can't help and look, but look and see just how much junk is there. There's those like cake pops and cookies and, um, and chocolate milk and, uh, apple juice. And it's just, it's like, it's, it's just a giant cascade of like this junk and people get it every day and they don't even realize how shitty it is for them. You know, they don't even understand like this stuff is, uh, this stuff's dangerous, you know, especially to have the first thing in the morning, you're going to start your day off with a goddamn donut. Like that's a, I don't know. That's just kind of a give up thing to me. That's you just like, what a weird way to start your day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, pizza is really good. I'm just reading some of these comments. <laughs> I had something on my mind and I just lost track. Cause when he said pizza, I forgot everything I was thinking about. Yeah. Somebody just said, why is there so much sugar shit out there? Well, cause it sells and people keep buying it. So, you know, you have to try to work on not purchasing it anymore. Ah, that's what it was uh, when um, Patty Spence was just saying the one number one thing you need to take out of your diet is soda. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's the worst thing you can put in your body. I was like, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's everywhere. Like, you know, big Mexican family. So we have parties every weekend. Mm-hmm. It's somebody's birthday every day, including yesterday. Right. That's where I was at last night. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's they're cheap. You know, it's easy when you want to feed think a about, bunch of people. Think about the impact that you can start to have, though, you know, on on your family and on different people. So they have a party. You bring over a 12-pack of Zevia. Yeah. You know, um, they have a party and you bring over a a plate of vegetables, right? Um, you, they have a party and you cook up a bunch of skewers with chicken and steak. Skewers aren't gross. They're good. They taste good. Yeah. You know, they taste really good. There's, there's always other things that you can do. There's always other options and it's just, um, it's just habit. And then, you know, people will, you'll bring over a thing of skewers and you'll be like, oh, next time maybe I should bring more. Yeah. Because people will eat it up. A lot of times at those parties, there's really not a lot of real food. It's no. like, oh, I'm going to put out chips. It's actually, the whole the whole thing is, is uh, it's it's very sad that it's like just so normal. Like someone takes a bag of chips and they get a giant bowl and they put it out. And it's like, it's like, who is this for? Is this for like a dog or something? <laughs> is an animal going to come and like start eating out of this giant bowl? Yeah. Like the whole process is kind of sad. It's like, man, everyone's just going to, we're just like, it's, it's almost like, uh, you stop everybody and say, all right, everybody. And you stand up on a table and say, listen, for the next three hours, all we're going to do is damage our bodies and try to hurt our, hurt ourselves. We're going to eat a lot of junk. We're going to drink a lot of alcohol and then that's going to be it. And everybody can go home. And it's like, wait, what, <laughs> what are we doing? Wait, damage my body. No, I'm just going to eat some chips and dip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want, I just want to eat some food because it tastes delicious. Yeah, I'm a fan of chips too. This is the crunchy saltiness. Uh, French onion dip. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, but the thing with me, like, if it's like a like, okay, well, if we're gonna be dipping, then we're gonna have um, like the wavy. What are they called? Ruffles, right? Mm, yeah. Okay, so I'm a. Fa- you don't want your chips to break all the time. Yeah, I that's the worst. I end up like I'll I'll put like too much of the uh, the ranch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a bite and I instantly eat like ten more chips to even out everything oh know? yeah you try to pile it in yeah because i have to be more on the drier side than mm-hmm. 
you know, the moist. <laughs> what about chips and salsa? Huge fan. I love chips and salsa. Yeah. Stephanie's dad makes a mean salsa. So does it, my mom. It creeps up on you, though, the chips and salsa. You don't really think much of it. And you, you crush a, uh, you crush one or two of those. And then you're like, you get your food and you're like, oh, you're like, I'm not as, I'm not nearly as hungry as I thought. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I was telling you about like, uh, we were at, we went to get a couple of things at Walmart. <clears throat> We had a, because we have a, um, like a super Walmart next to our house. We're pretty close to our house, like five minutes down the street. And we had, uh, just a cart full of like vegetables and just random healthy foods and whatnot. Mm. And the, uh, the person checking us out, she was just going back and forth. You know, she's, she's checking stuff, just shaking her head. And my girlfriend, well, fiance and I, we looked at each other and I was like, dude, what is, what's going on here? And then so she finally was like, you guys win healthiest cart of the day. Oh Yeah. And I was like, what? <clears throat> she was like, if people only understood how much better it is or how much cheaper it is to actually buy healthy food. And she's like, because people come out here with two, three carts, just hundreds of dollars <clears throat> full of Pop-Tarts. And she's like, that's not even real food. Right. And I'm like, it's so good that you know that. I'm like, because not a lot of people do. And she was just like going on and like how crazy it is to see these families that are <clears throat> obviously overweight, still just killing themselves, not even knowing it or knowing it, not even caring. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, it's just, it's hard for people to make, uh, changes, but hopefully what happens and, uh, with my brother-in-law, he's been coming into to super training and, and working out and he's, he's been doing other forms of exercise too. He told me just the other day, he said he's been working out so often that he feels awful when he doesn't exercise. And that's where people need to get with their food. And that's going to take, that's going to take a lot of time. And that's going to take a lot of effort and it's just going to take some people longer than others. For me, you know, it, it took me decades to kind of get to a point where I'm like, you know what? I just don't really want that because it doesn't go towards my goal and it doesn't make me feel good. So now it's easy for me to pump the brakes and say, no, I just want steak and potatoes. You know, uh, I'll wait till later to eat that because, you know, I'm on an eating schedule or whatever. It's, it starts to be easier when you're, when you're reasoning, reason why uh, overpowers everything else. It gets to be easier and easier to make the decision. People say, oh, it's, you know, it's inconvenient. Um, but it's not inconvenient. It's, it's more convenient to have your food with you. Yeah. Um, I would say that probably the average American, uh, person and, or persons in a household, there's probably at least one cooked meal every day. And so if you think about it, if you were to cook one meal, if you were to cook one time, nearly every day and you just cooked extra food every time you cooked you would always be prepared you wouldn't have to run out to lunch again if you like are in like a city area and you're trying to run to lunch and you're trying to get your car out of parking out of a parking garage and all i mean you're you wasted 15 minutes uh maybe 20 minutes just trying to get to the destination now you're waiting in line because it's lunchtime and everywhere's packed you just really cause yourself a lot of stress and it'd be easier to just make some of these things at home. And even if, even if you didn't want to follow a real specific diet, let's say you're like, man, you know what? I don't think I have a gluten thing and whatever. Just make some of these things at home, but you can still make a burrito at home. That's rocking, you know, and you can pack it for, for the day. Um, everything that you pack all the time doesn't have to be the most healthiest meal anybody's ever seen. Um, there's no reason to go out of your way to make anything that's like really shitty, but um, why not mix it up a little bit? Why not have, you know, just, just if you're, if you're unfamiliar, if you haven't dieted much before, 
you know, give yourself, give yourself some leeway with it. The, the foods that I recommended in Operation Get Less Fatterist, um, all that stuff was in there for a reason. Whole milk, uh, cottage cheese, yogurt, um, uh, whatever types of steaks that you like, whatever type of fish that you like. You want to have, you know, something like meatballs or just don't worry about it. Just try to really get in a good amount of protein. Try to stay away from grains and, and sugars. Uh, there's nothing evil about those things. It's just, we tend to overeat them. Um, and then, you know, from our boy, Patty Spence, who was here yesterday, I agree hundred percent. If you can just handle doing one thing for yourself, just don't drink calories. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he kind of said it, okay, don't drink calories. And he made the caveat of saying, uh, you know, don't drink calories unless it's from, uh, milk or unless it's from alcohol. I think that's, those are, or unless but, I had protein. Yeah. He said pro- protein or fat. And then yeah. he kind of threw an alcohol. Yeah. Right. Cause I was like, wait, what? But no, he was absolutely right. Yeah. But even people that, you know, even people that drink, um, I mean, trade, trade your alcohol, you know, tr- there's gotta be a trade off here. You can't be drinking alcohol and eating like shit and having sugary drinks. So there's gotta be a stop to something at some point. And, Diet is actually very simple. Like if you currently drink soda, get rid of it. (laughs) If you currently are having fried foods and fast foods, get rid of it. See what the result is. If there's not really much of a change, then you got to start to look in other areas. And that can get frustrating. But start to look at how much food you're eating. How often are you eating? What kind of snacks are you having? You're having like, you know, chips or you're having packaged foods. Start to look at these things and start to pick it apart and say, okay, I want to pull back from some of this. Losing weight is not that, it's not that hard. It can be frustrating, but it's not that hard. Yeah. And I like also what you say about just adding something. So if you are drinking soda all day long, add a Zevia just once, just, yeah. just, just so that way it gets rid of your cravings. So that way you're not wanting to reach for that second, you know, soda that you normally have after lunch or whatever. Yeah. You got to replace some of those shitty habits with something different, right? Yeah. And then, uh, Chuck just checked in on the, um, on the, on the chat room because it just brings up another point like how awesome it feels when because he's saying in his conference room right now at work there's a bunch of pastries donuts and whatnot but he stuck to his guns and he just stuck to his like uh you know meat and eggs like you know he didn't take yeah. any of the the shitty food like how good does that feel when it's everyone great. around you is eating like shit and you're just like i'm gonna stick to my diet plan right now it's awesome and then you um, know even even on that same note bring in healthy food for other people you know, obviously can't afford to do it every day, but do it a couple of times. See what, see what, see what it looks like. You know, see, you bring in uh, a tray that's got, uh, carrots and celery and, uh, broccoli, um, maybe get creative and, and make, you know, make something right. Uh, I mentioned skewers, like there's some meat that everyone can, can kind of grub on, right. Mm-hmm. Make a couple different things. And then you can go to your employer and say, Hey, you know what? I brought in some healthy food the other day. And everybody crushed it. Do you think we could get, can we get fruit? Can we get vegetables? We could still do the donuts. How about we do the donuts once a week? You know, we make some sort of compromise, but um, unless your employer is a complete idiot, <laughs> I would imagine they'd be like, yeah, you know what? That's, that's actually a great idea. If, yeah. they, if they're the one supplying the donuts. A lot of times it's just a, another teacher or something grabs them <laughs> or whatever and puts them in the faculty room, right? Yeah. Do you allow yourself to eat like any candy over the uh, like Halloween time uh i normally do um we'll kind of see you know what i'll do this this time around um you know halloween is 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 creeping 
So I I don't know. I I know that uh, on uh, on Thursday I'm going to Oakland Raider game with Marcus. So um, it probably makes sense to just kind of eat whatever on that day. But I don't think I'll eat a bunch of junk. I'll probably just have um, some burgers and some different shit just out of convenience yeah. and just out of like the experience. You know, sometimes like I, I never like to be the guy who's always going to be whipping out Tupperware everywhere all the time, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. If we're traveling for work and we're doing something, then I'll probably stay on the diet. If it's something that's for leisure, for fun, some with the family, I still pack snacks and stuff because I just need a certain amount of calories. Otherwise, uh, I'll start to lose too much. But um, yeah, I try to just relax when it's time to relax. If it's um, if you're trying to have an experience with your family, it's kind of hard to just be off on your own plan. Now, it just depends. I mean, if you if you go out often with your family, then you need to decide, like, you got to pick and choose. Um, we go to sushi, like, once a week, once every other week or so. And so I can't be like, okay, when we go to sushi, I'm just going to have at it and eat whatever I want. Yeah. Because we go too often. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I almost always, I'd say, I eat at, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm usually, like, a 9 when we go there. I eat really good, and then, like, the last couple things that I'll pick at might be a roll that has a bunch of junk on it, right? Mm. But I don't even like to eat that way that much anymore because it will bother my stomach. Yeah. And it will make me feel like crap. That's funny because I've been thinking about uh, tonight's dinner because, um, so, Jasmine's doing really good in school. She uh, What's up, Jasmine? <laughs> yeah, she, um, I, I can't explain exactly what it is, but basically she's in a an additional program to her regular education and it was to kind of build her math skills back up. And she had a goal of reaching, we'll say 60% and she got a hundred percent. Shit. So I'm telling Stephanie, I'm like, let's make a huge deal about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, tell her whatever she wants to do. Like we'll go do it Tuesday night after her dance class and you know, whatever we'll celebrate her you know, awesome accomplishment. Right. And she's like, I want to go to spaghetti factory. I'm like, cool, we're going. And then I'm like, Oh, what am I going to order? <laughs> Yeah, she really called you out. You're like spaghetti factory. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Um Yeah, you just gotta make a decision mm-hmm. on, you know, what 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 you wanna do. What I usually suggest to people when it's situations like that, if you're trying to uh put a little bit of a blanket on it and and just go there and, and know that you're probably just gonna eat fairly bad, um, my suggestion would be I would time it to where you eat at like you know, so let's say, let's say you're going at seven mm-hmm. or something like that. I would eat at like five 30. I'm on a schedule. So that way, <laughs> yeah, you're on a schedule, but I would get some food in, in your body, uh, that kind of carries over. So that when you get there and you sit down, you're not dying. Yeah. That's the worst thing. If you sit there and you're dying for food, then it just makes the whole rest of the day that much harder. Yeah. More harderest. Harderest. I know. And then I've been kind of trying to think of like, okay, I can get broccoli or I can not get you know, noodles or whatever. Mm-hmm. They probably like, have like steak and chicken and stuff there. I yeah, they, I think, yeah, they have chicken, but it's so funny because like, I'm like, do you guys just have baked chicken? They're like, ah, oh, we only have it on certain days and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, <laughs> well like, is today one of those days? Right. Like, oh, I can check and they never, <laughs> it's never that day. It's yeah, so like, complicated. You're like, like, mm. how does your menu change? Like, your spaghetti factory, it's not like super high end. It's amazing those <laughs> places go out of their way to have like, like everything on the menu has to be bad. <laughs> yeah because they already have meat it's not like the, it's not like everything they have there has to be awful for mm-hmm. you um obviously like eating tons of pasta is not great but like pasta doesn't usually have 
a ton of calories. If you make it at home, I mean, it's just carbohydrates usually, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, eating out is always a difficult thing. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to end this podcast by wrapping up and talking about these sleeves. Uh, for those of you just joining us, the, uh, the X sleeves, all the products, uh, that we offer, uh, at slingshot that you would typically see somebody wear for power, for power fee meet all of our knee sleeves and, uh, all of our wrist wraps, uh, singlets, socks, a bunch of other stuff that we have has all been IPF approved. We spent a tremendous amount of time, money. We put a nice effort in to make everything IPF approved. So it was a message that we can deliver to everybody and have it be real clean and concise and to eliminate confusion. Well, confusion has been added into the mix, courtesy of our friends over at the IPF. Uh, this product, the X sleeve, which has a, a grippy material on the inside, is what caused all the hoopla. In my opinion, the hoopla was uh, was uh, risen by some of our competitors. Our competitors went to the IPF. They cried. They said, Slingshot's too good, and they're going to steal all our money and all our customers. And, and, and yeah, um, can you get rid of that <laughs> thing in the middle that makes people squat 200 pounds more? It's not fair. Their products are way too good. That's right. So this product, the X-Sleeve, the Extreme Sleeve, uh, we had to change the product in order for the product in lo- order for the X sleeve to still be approved. So what we did, we, we, uh, took this out, we took this rubber material out and we have another X sleeve. Uh, both of these will be on our website. Um, anyone who's ordered this, anyone who's ordered this X sleeve that is now, uh, no longer IPF approved because the IPF, uh, uh, <laughs> The IPF overturned their own ruling. It was on the IPF's official list of approved products. It no longer, this particular knee sleeve is no longer approved because of this sticky stuff here. Um, and so because of that, Slingshot is taking care of you. We are making another knee sleeve that does not have this in there. Uh, both the products will be on our website tomorrow. Anyone that has purchased an X sleeve that has this sticky non-slip material in it uh, will receive a new pair of approved, IPF approved X sleeves that do not have that material in there. So um, we will still be selling both products on our website. We have a sale going on tomorrow for Halloween. It'll be 15% off. And uh, when you go there, you're going to see that you're going to be able to still order these. If you're not someone that cares about lifting the IPF and USAPL, you can still purchase these. You can still train in these. Um, but anyone that has ordered these, there's thousands and thousands of customers that we have to uh, get this information out to. And there's thousands of customers we got to communicate to about uh, this change. We are going to, we're going to not exchange. I'm sorry. We're going to send you uh, a brand new pair of X sleeves to make up for the fact that they're no longer IPF approved, even though it's not our fault, because that is what we do over here at Slingshot. We always go above and beyond, and we are here for the customer, and we're here to kick some ass. And make sure you guys kick some ass, because the new product will actually be a little bit better than this one. It'll actually be beefed up. It'll be a little bit thicker, thick with two Cs or three Cs. It might be three. Yeah, it might be three Cs. 
it won't be thicker than uh, what's allowed in competition because that would put us back in the same spot, right? So it's going to go from five millimeter. This was five millimeters in thickness to seven. Um, and the reason that it was uh, at five is because the rubber material, we had to be very careful that it doesn't go over. So it, it'll definitely be thicker than this current sleeve. I can't guarantee it'll be seven on the dot because of, there's a bunch of reasons why, but <clears throat> it'll, it'll be thicker uh, than the current X sleeve that's out. Sorry for the confusion. Sorry that that had to happen, but these things happen. Uh, this is the price of doing business. This is the price of uh, being somebody who, uh, being a company that gets out in front of other companies. There's going to be other people that try to drag us down and uh, you know who you are, bitch. <laughs> um, there's other people that are going to try to drag us down, but they don't stand a shot. Uh, we're going to continue to grow and we're going to continue to expand and we're going to continue to kick ass. We're going to continue to be everywhere. You're going to continue to see us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram. You're going to continue to see us all over the damn place. And that ain't stopping anytime soon. This company is just going to get bigger and better and bigger and better over and over and over again. Um, and lastly, on a sad note, uh, powerlifting has lost a great one. We lost Konstantin Konstantinov. Um, he's somebody I corresponded with for, for a long time. Uh, I did many videos with, uh, Konstantin, um, even though he was not in the same uh, country as I was, uh, uh, Konstantin was a, uh, Latvian lifter. Um, he actually lifted in Russia. Uh, so everybody always just thought he was Russian, but he was Latvian. And, uh, you know, from my correspondence with him, uh, it was always fun. He'd always make fun of me. He'd always tell me I was a pussy for using a belt on deadlifts. Uh, he deadlifted, uh, I think 940 something pounds, um, conventional, uh, with no belt. He was an absolute beast. He was somebody that really, uh, inspired and drove Stan Efforting to break a lot of records that he broke. Um, not everybody knows this about KK, but he also, uh, benched 584 pounds. Uh, he was ex ex just extremely, extremely strong, squatted really well. Also, um, a lot of the power thing community is hurt, uh, by, by losing him. I believe he, uh, his friend, uh, Kirill Serkev said his heart just stopped, which I'd imagine would be considered a heart attack. Um, and, uh, it's sad. It sucks to lose people. Um, we, uh, we put together like a little tribute video that we, we threw up on, um, Instagram. We're also going to put up a video, uh, of KK and some of his better lifts, uh, on YouTube. Uh, he was an awesome lifter, a powerful, powerful person. Um, one of the more explosive, uh, lifters I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, he'll be missed, but, uh, hopefully he won't be forgotten. Hopefully his name can kind of live on, uh, and, uh, the lifters of old could tell the lifters of the new, uh, about what a great lifter he was and, and, uh, keep his, uh, spirit, uh, living onward. Um, I think there's a video out there where he does 55 pull-ups, um, and he has got like a band around his waist too. He's just, the strength level of this guy was insane. A lot of the videos that you'll see of him lifting on YouTube, he's wearing ST stuff. He's wearing, uh, st shirts and slingshot stuff and 
he was a big supporter. He was a big fan. Um, he and I, when we correspond, uh, he'd always tell me, uh, how weak I was and how weak America is. It was really funny. I interviewed him for power magazine. He was on the cover of power magazine. And, um, he actually says that in the article, you know, about why, uh, what, why he's so strong and while all of us are so weak, it was just hilarious. And I, you know, he was, he was having fun with it. He was having fun with it. He was, uh, he was running with it, but, uh, heart disease is a very, is a very scary thing. It's a brutal thing. It takes a lot of great people. It takes a lot of great people that we know and love and care about. It takes them, uh, too young. I want to say that, uh, he was probably only like in his forties. If that, he might've been like late thirties. I don't, I don't really even know. Um, but you know, your heart is something that you got to take seriously. So if you're out of shape, uh, you're going to want to work on, on, uh, trying to, you know, be healthier, get your blood work done because KK was a healthy guy. He was a big, strong guy. Um, but, uh, who knows, you know, who, who knows if he would have got some tests done, maybe he could have found out more about himself and maybe he would have been able to, uh, fix it, you know? So I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, some people are just, uh, only meant to be here for a certain amount of time anyway. So who knows if it was preventable, but, uh, it's my opinion that a lot of these things are preventable and that's why I'm trying to get all my stuff checked out all the time and do the best possible job that I can. Uh, hopefully you guys understand what the hell I was talking about, talking about the IPF approval and non IPF approval and everything else. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Enjoy the 15% off sale tomorrow for Halloween.